0: Out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Woo! Wild wow. wow. that. silence it a little bit. Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Stump up. It. Pop pass up the middle. Hucker's got a Room to run. 15-10. Hit, hit! in! Oh. touchdown! The Bills make me wanna shout! Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. It go to the end zone! Of... Stephon Diggs makes a catch! Touchdown, Buffalo! Swing and a miss! It is over! ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, Hola, ESPN Radio, Heard you 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing, ESPN app, seen, heard, and everything in home- between, the mighty U.S.P.R.O.H.E.S.P.R.O.H.E.S.P.R.O.H.E.S.P.R.O.H.E.S.P.R.O.H.E.S.P.R.O.H.E.S.P.R.O.H.E.S.P.R.O.H.E.S.P.R.O.H.E.S.P.R.O.H.E.S.P.R.O.H.E.S.P.R.O.H.E.S.P.R.O.H. Oh, what a place. What a place on the internet where you can watch a radio program as it happens. You're watching me right now. Like, what's he doing over there? Why is he on his computer? What's what's happening over there? What's Why is he not? Look at me! Hi, everybody. QSportsTalk.com is where it's happening. Not only where you can uh, watch this here radio program, you can uh, use, and use it wisely, the live chat to participate in the show. As it happens, not just once, not just twice, not just three times, as much as you'd like, as much as you would like. It's a free-flowing conversation at QSportsTalk.com in the chat, where we also hang out with you during radio breaks. Keep the mic on, keep the camera on, and we uh, let's keep hanging. You get the behind-the-scenes look at the show. It's just, it's it's a it's a happening, is what it is at Q Sports Talk. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're having a terrific day. We've got a a full lineup for you here over the next couple of hours where we will hear from you at (laughs) 437-7644. On Twitter, Brent Dax Media, and as mentioned in the live chat at QSportsTalk.com. Two guests joining us today and looking forward to conversations with both right here in this hour at 425. We'll play back our weekly conversation with Syracuse guard Joe Girard Reacting to the Boston College win, previewing the Florida State game coming up, and everything in between, and that is brought to you by RomanoCars.com in the next hour of the program at 5.20. And we do this every Tuesday with both Joe Girard and Coach Felicia Leggett-Jack throughout the college basketball season. We'll talk to Coach Jack, brought to you by Wegmans and Bill Rapp Superstore, coming up next hour, so two. Basketball conversations coming your way, and we do it every Tuesday here. And I'm thrilled to do it uh, with both. Certainly, some more Syracuse basketball on the table today on a, a lot of different fronts. Uh, it's Super Bowl week, <laughs> man. I love Super Bowl week, but sometimes I hate Super Bowl week. Right? It just—it's already Tuesday, and I'm just like, just, just play the game. Just—is it Sunday yet? Right? But you just have to enjoy some of the hijinks and tomfoolery that comes with Super Bowl weeks some interesting numbers about how much uh, you'll be betting on the Super Bowl this year. and just uh, I feel like a whole lot of formulaic stuff that we just kind of wade through until the game actually shows up on Sunday. But uh, that's what we're here to do. We're all here to participate in the NFL's media machine to get you ready for the big game. We'll go on the blind side later on. You can hear uh, Super Bowl 57 right here via our friends at Westwood One. Starting at 2 o'clock on ESPN Radio AM 1200. The game at 6.30 on all ESPN Syracuse stations. It's brought to you by Sky 2 Ground Utilities and Beyond. And Ryan Phelps Auto coming up this Sunday. Giddy up. Chiefs and Eagles. We get a Super Bowl prediction from one of our guests today, as you will hear. Coming up. Here's what I want to start with, though, today. Which Jim Beheim am I supposed to believe? Jim Beheim does an interview, and I know a lot of you are probably getting tired of this conversation. I completely understand. And we are, as mentioned, going to have some meat and potatoes basketball conversations going through the show. But I can't not address and kind of circle back and wonder here because we have had not one, not two, but three clarifications On what was said in the Pete Thamel article and the continuing fallout from that. And and Jim was on TK99 this morning, as he usually is, having a discussion about this. And it feels like almost the entire article has been pulled back or clarified in some way. And details have been added. And I'm just looking at this like, this is not like genetic physics here. We're talking about basketball. We're talking about the status of a basketball something that is right in his wheelhouse and a question that he is tired of. And I don't blame him of being tired of in one sense, but he should know it's going to be asked in another because you're 78 years old. You are the longest tenured coach in college basketball. You're the dean. Like it's just a natural thing for people to wonder. So I understand if you're asked the same question over and over again, and particularly when people are like, hey, yeah, about that job you have. But it comes with the territory in a high-profile position like that, particularly when your team is not performing to the level and the standard of which you have set for it. This is not coming out of the the, the thin blue air here, okay? But am I supposed to believe the Jim Beheim that talked to Pete Thamel? And I want to get into the details of that. Uh, I like to joke around with Jordan, as he knows. Details are important here, okay? So I want to get into that, but but save that for a second. Am I supposed to believe that, or am I supposed to believe the clarification, the statement, the carefully worded? How can I put this? They are sanitized perfectly worded, sanitized deference to, well, of course, Syracuse University controls my employment. And, of course, I didn't mean that about Pitt and Wake Forest. Miami, like, all bets are off. That's well-documented, what they've done in NIL. And, well, that's not what I meant about what Adam Weitzman does with NIL. And I'm just sitting here like, this is what you do. These, these are things you should know, right? Everybody gets stuff wrong, even in what they do. I probably am wrong on the show 20 times a show, right? And I can sympathize with Jim in some ways because I will say something on this radio show and it will get back to me. And I'm like, that's not what I said. It's easy enough to look up, but with radio, if you don't see it in the clips that we share or listen back to the podcast, it comes and goes. It's fairly simple to cite something I wrote. Now, I know some people don't have access to what I write on Syracuse.com because I am subscriber exclusive, but. If eventually it, say, makes it in the newspaper, like my column did today, like it's pretty easy to be like, okay, well, what did you write? If you misinterpret what I say or what I write, then that's on me, right? If I'm getting emails from people and I start, at first I start to get frustrated, like, well, that's not what I meant, then that's on me to be clear about here is my opinion on this. Whether you agree or disagree on that, that's a whole different conversation. But I think I need to be clear on these things, right? Jim's not perfect. He's going to make some mistakes. He's going to fire off some opinions. But, look, I believe the guy that talked to Pete Thamel on Saturday. And I believe the guy, even though it's a juiced-up post-game environment, he's, in some cases, they had just lost, and he's surly, by his own admission. I'm not telling tales out of school. He has said this, you know, how worked up he gets about games and how competitive he is. But, I mean, that's what I believe. But let's be fair here. Let's examine the situation. This is something I talk about with my students, as a matter of fact. Environments matter when you're having conversations. Environment matters when you are doing an interview. There's a number of factors that go into it. I'm not going to tell all you that. You can take uh, Professor X's class if you want all, all the details on that. But environments matter. So something I've been struck by is Jim has noted this a couple of times now. That he does this interview with Pete Thamel, basically like in a hallway after the post game, he's walking to his locker room, and here you have Pete Thamel who has now one-on-one access with Jim, asking the biggest question that surrounds Jim, some pretty heavy-weighted topics here, right? This is not like relaxing after the game, sitting down, having a cup of coffee, like okay, let's let's talk here. All right, Pete, I know what you want to talk about. All right, okay. This is kind of like, I'm just going to, let's have a quick conversation, but I got a plane to catch too, right? But what he says there, remember, one-on-one environment, the cameras aren't rolling, there's no performance art here, you know, like going after a student reporter, I don't like your attitude. Like, Jim knows the cameras are rolling. Some of this is performative. Some of this is distraction technique. Like, come on. It's genuine in some ways, too, but... This is just Jim and Pete talking in a hallway and he's being asked questions. And what is being said in there is I have a 95% approval rating. I know it's quote. I know it's my choice. I can do whatever I want. I just don't know for sure. That gets out in a rather large format. ESPN, the blowback happens and then I get the statements and then I get the clarifications and then I get Jim's best attempt at being humble. And I did. Enjoy listening to what he said on TK99 this morning with, of course, our friend Glenn Gomez and company. Good to hear Lisa back on that show today, by the way. And I said this on yesterday's show, the difference between what Thamel and Jim talked about versus what Jim said on the ACC media call. Jim that had time to reflect, to think, and address something, and I want his opinion on these things, but it's a little more thought out. Expressing that opinion, not backing down on certain things, but it's more reasoned. So we're all over the place here. Which gym am I supposed to believe? The one that's talking after games, and it feels like some of these things that make waves are happening after games, and not just in post-game press conferences. That's one thing. Or the generic sanitized statements that I'm getting later. Well, that's not what I meant. Well, this is who you are and what you do. Right, like these are not subjects that you're. Not, why you asking me about? I don't know about that. This is exactly who you are and what you do, and you're clarifying that. And it's just confusion everywhere. Like we said this, but then he said that. But wait, that's not true. But he said this about. But that's not what I meant about that. And I'm just. I tell my students this all the time. It all comes back to interviewing. It all comes back to interviewing. What you say in those interviews and the results of that, particularly public figures, particularly those in sports, particularly those in high profile in the sports world, right? So I'm now at the point where I'm like, well, which one am I supposed to believe? here? It's a nice little game you can play, right? And I don't think he's doing that purposely, but which one am I supposed to believe? Because I, I tend to believe the first reactions, the gut reactions. Had he done that article and this team, you know, was top 10 in the country and cruising towards a top seed in the tournament, I don't think he gets the blowback for it that he does. That's just the nature of the beast. There's just a contingent of people out there that, for whatever reasons, are reaching new breaking points, and that coincides with the team not living up to expectation, which, again, now what I'm hearing is excuses. Well, we're a young team. We knew this would be a building year, and it's just like it's all built in. It's all baked into the conversation. I mean, you're not living up to the standard you set. Is that fair to say? Like, I'm not being snarky there. I'm. I'm. Is that fair to say? You're three games above 500 since you entered the ACC. You have not been in the poll for five years. That is the longest stretch in the Beheim tenure. You're nowhere near the tournament this year unless you win the ACC tournament. That means three of the last four tournaments you would not have qualified for. There was not a tournament in 2020. Let's be, let's clarify that. But they wouldn't have qualified for that one had they had a tournament. And remember, they canceled that season when Syracuse was in the ACC tournament ready to play Louisville. And the conversation we were having in that moment before the world dramatically changed was they've got to win this thing to get in. It's three years later we're having the same conversation. And I know there was a Sweet 16 run in there, too. I get that. But I think we're all in agreement here that the standard's not what it should be. He knows that more than anybody. He's talked about that. Obviously, he's not happy about that. It's what I harpened back to what I said yesterday and what I wrote yesterday. He's always going to think he's the answer to the question. I can look at that puzzle and solve that. And God bless him for it because that's what a, a true competitor would look at and see and do. But then I'm hearing how awful of a place college basketball is. Two things can be true at once, right? I can walk and chew bubblegum at the same time, and a lot of you can Like, I'm not trying to shove anybody into one side or the other here. I say this all the time on the show. There's nuance in these things. Don't just paint me, you know, this or that, black or white, Republican or Democrat. I, I, I resist that. I, I am a champion of independent thought and look at each situation and assess it and not just say, I'm on this team based on the fact that I am a member of this political party or I'm pro-gym or anti-gym or whatever the case may be. Like, use your noodle, analyze the situation. But I sit here today trying to do that, trying to look at the data in front of me and say, what conclusion am I supposed to come to here? Because I'm getting messages from all over the place. The one I believe is the one who taught to Pete Thamel in a hallway. Without the pressure of hearing from your bosses, from the public, getting the blowback, knowing that this didn't go well. That's the one I believe. The one I believe, I know it's my choice, I can do whatever I want. That's the one I believe. I might be wrong about that. Because what I have to consider there is post-game environment, juices are flowing. He's almost combative in interviews. Like, what do you mean, retire? I can I can do this whenever I want. What are you talking about? 95% of the people love me, right? And then you kind of come off that high, and they're like, hmm, all right, well, let me think about this a little bit. So I have taken that into consideration, trust me. But I'm s i am I like three statements in a day, three clarifications in a day. Apology. Actually, one was Sunday. So in the in the in the two days from that interview. And a little bit more today with Gomez and Lisa this morning, as I noted. So which one am I supposed to believe? Which message am I supposed to make a decision about? That's where we're at with this thing. That's how wild this thing has become. So I'm now at the point where if I get asked about it, I have to say, okay, well, which one are we talking about here? Because I got a list of about seven of them. Oh, this one here. Okay. Well, let's address that one by one here. That's how crazy this thing has gotten. And, look, that's the media world we live in today. But in this case, I think it is squarely on him for that the result there. Sometimes, look, you do something at a press conference and it, it gets shared on social media, it gets on Center. The media is so fragmented these days that things that shouldn't be covered as intensely as they do get covered that intensely because people get whatever they get off of it. They get hits, they get retweets, they get exposure, They get, people will, will feast on that stuff. It didn't used to get the attention that it did unless it was something really worth considering. That's just the world we live in today. But this and the reaction to it has gone beyond that. And it all stems from Jim does an interview with Pete Thamel which I think everybody was in accordance here, was on the record. I think you knew what the questions were, and the environment has to be taken into account here. Details matter. It's after the game. You're walking down a hallway. Maybe you're just like, okay, it's time to go home. we got to get on the plane. Like, it's not just sit down, take a breath, like, okay, Pete, what do you need to know? So I have taken that into consideration, too. But, I mean, Jim's done a million of these things. And to be sitting here, with someone who's been doing this for 47 years and won over 1,000 games, and I don't have to give you the resume, correcting himself as if it was his first day on the job and he didn't understand how to talk to the media. Like, that's striking to me. That's, at the very least, eye-opening to me. So I put that question to you. The people that consume this, no matter how much you consume it, and see, that's why I wanted to bring this up again there are people tuning in that have probably not consumed all of this, that have not read the P. Thamel article start to finish, that have not seen every clarification or apology. They've heard bits and pieces of it. By now, the message is diluted and they don't know what to believe. It is it is just downright confusing at this point. That's where this thing is gone. So that's why I wanted to bring it up, just to kind of rehash here. Like this is everything that's happened as the result of, as I tell my students all the time, it all comes back to interviewing. And on that note, we'll break. Speaking of interviews, speaking of Syracuse basketball, we'll get back to the meat and potatoes of the matter. This team gets ready to head to Florida State tomorrow. Joe Girard He'll join us for his weekly spot here on the block coming up and a chance to talk with uh, Joe earlier today. And uh, we covered a number of subjects Syracuse basketball-wise and maybe a little Super Bowl talk, too. So that's coming up. Felicia Leggett-Jack later in the show. Our Tuesday interviews. Always enjoy doing those. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on (laughs) QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. You betcha. Welcome back. Dude, all the bangers today. Let's go. Oh. 80s bump came through, hit the 90s bump. Rocking there. Got this today. DJ uh, computer over here is just spinning the beats. We are going to talk to Coach Jack coming up here in just a few minutes get an update on all things Syracuse women's basketball. Stop me if you heard this before. Daisha Fair scoring a lot of points, but she hit a significant scoring mark that we will get into and in, uh, where this team goes from here, as always. With Coach Jack coming up in just a few minutes. Great to have you here on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. As, uh, yeah, so look, we'll see what else comes. I think uh, we've kind of Exhausted the Beheim topic. But again, when you do an interview and three statements result of clarification from that interview, and I think people are confused about, wait, we said that when where did you say that? Wait a minute. What's is that like I'm just lost in the mix of when did you say that and how? And is oh, wait, was that the apology or was that the clarification? And what's this statement about it? Like not everybody consumes everything that comes out about this stuff. They just kind of hear one thing or the other, and maybe that's good for Jim. Because <laughs> if, if you look at it and you line it all up, it's like, how in the world can you keep stepping in it like this? But if you just get a little bit here and a little bit there. It's like, what, what's going on exactly? Uh, as we talked to Joe Girard, though, earlier in the show, uh, look, it's another game here against Florida State that fits in the realm of, uh, I'll put all the cliches out there, anybody can beat anybody on any given day. Don't take anybody for granted here. Boston College, Syracuse won that game. They closed out that game. It was a game, right? BC had been playing a lot better coming into that game. Jesse ruled the battle of literally the post against Quentin Post. So now you got Florida State upcoming here before you start a stretch. And uh, they have a rare weekend off coming up here. Every team gets a weekend off at some point during, you know, as the course or, or is that, maybe they don't. I think some teams don't. I think they try to build that in the schedule, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, I believe every ACC team gets one weekend off during the course of the schedule. Uh, one way or the other, Syracuse has a rare weekend off coming up here. So they will play tomorrow against Florida State, as you know, in our pregame coverage coming your way at 6 o'clock uh, right after this show tomorrow and uh, the postgame festivities to follow as a reminder. But just looking at it here, so Syracuse, it's funny how the teams that are just below Syracuse in the standings are who they will have faced here. So when they played Boston College, those two were neck and neck in the standings. Syracuse is still 4 games above 500, but they were 6 and 6 in league play coming in. BC was 5 and 7. So now there's a little bit of a gap between those two. So Florida State's coming into this thing, they are 8 and 16 overall. They are 6 and 7 in league play. That's not up to the usual standards of Florida State, as you can imagine. I mean, it has been, what a year for Florida State. So they start the year off losing four in a row to Stetson, UCF, Troy, Florida. Most of those close games, Florida, okay, but Troy, Stetson, what? They beat Mercer, but then they go on another extended losing streak. Siena, Stanford, Nebraska. Purdue. Purdue is one of the best teams in the country. Virginia, right? I forget what tournament that was, but they lost to a lot of great teams. They get their first win over Louisville, who Louisville's having their own struggles this year, right? They lose to St. John's. They beat Notre Dame by one. They lose to Duke. They beat Georgia Tech. So now we're in a league play, right? But what you're seeing is more Ws on the slate. And what you're seeing is more close games. Like they only lost by one to Clemson. But then they got their doors blown out by NC State, 94-66. Just beat Louisville for a second time, right? They beat Notre Dame, but they also went over Pitt. Like, Florida State's just one of those weird teams right now that when they show up, they they the Virginia game I mentioned, so they lost to Virginia the first time by five. They play Virginia a second time around, and they lose by nine. Like, you know what Florida State sounds like to me? Much like Boston College they kind of sound like Syracuse. Syracuse has a better record and piled up more wins and has closed out more of these games, but they kind of sound like Syracuse. Play well enough against good teams to look at the score and be like, that's respectable, but a couple of questionable losses. And there's really, I mean, your your ACC wins are two against Notre Dame. They did beat Pitt. That's the one they can hang their hat on. And uh, Louisville. Six and seven in the league, though. Syracuse is seven and six in the league. See, you have to respect what Florida State's doing. They are a dangerous team, particularly on the road. Now, what I'm curious about, too, is that crowd at Boston College Saturday in Chestnut Hill was just split it down the middle between Syracuse and Boston College fans. Certainly a lot more B.C. fans than usual were there. Usually Syracuse dominates that joint like 80-20 because people just were not invested in B.C., but they you know, got a little bit on a run. They got some students back in there, and that was a great crowd. What's the Florida State crowd like? Are we going to have the usual Syracuse snowbirds show up? Do Florida State basketball fans kind of bail right now? By the way, on a different note with Florida State today, uh, Bill Connolly of ESPN, who does an amazing job tracking these things, he put out a list today, football-wise, of returning production in football. The team at the top of that list is Florida State. Syracuse was a top 25 team in that conversation, but Florida State actually topped that list. So, random thoughts, we're talking about Florida State, but the Florida State hype train about not only winning the ACC but being a playoff team next year, of have a Heisman Trophy candidate in Jordan Travis, a quarterback, Syracuse plays Florida State. Remember, in the new ACC, there's three teams you play every year. Florida State's one of them. Yikes. That could be the new Clemson that Syracuse will have to kind of crawl over at some point here. So just kind of file that away here. Uh, I know football is not on the minds predominantly past signing day. We learned uh, the Syracuse football spring game we know is April 21st, so mark your calendar on that, and spring ball will be here before you know it. But both of these teams, when they level up, have to grind and can hang in games. We saw when Syracuse, they're not level with Boston College, but Boston College had, in the first time around, that game was closer than the score indicated, but Syracuse handled their business. They had to earn this one. They go into that timeout down by four. Timeout worked because they came out of it. Mince was a lot better. He. Ends up with 18 points. Jesse was terrific, of course. We talked to Joe about it earlier in the show. But Joe got to the free throw line, and they found an anomaly. What they found was a big disparity at the free throw line that they took advantage of. This is one of the last remaining potholes on the schedule. though. I'm not talking about Syracuse being in contention for the tournament. The only card they have left to play there, of course, is to win the ACC tournament. But after this, you get NC State. That's a top 25 team. Look, Duke has, they got a big one over North Carolina, but to see Duke on the slate and to not see a number next to Duke, that's weird, but that's, who wouldn't love if Syracuse beat Duke at the Dome in the event that that has become? I'm curious what the juice on that's going to be because if Syracuse beats Florida State, they get a weekend off, then they get NC State, which is a quality team in the league, top 25 team, not as sexy as beating a Duke, but NC State's a top-five team in the league right now. Then if you can just have one of those days and beat Duke, now at least you're bringing some of those feelings back. You're validating what Jim Boeheim has been saying about this team and playing better, and I think we've seen that. I don't think that's out of left field. But then you go to Clemson at Pitt, and then you finish with two games that Georgia Tech, who's right, by the way, we've talked so much about Louisville being awful this year. And they're three and twenty overall, so that kind of takes the cake. Georgia Tech is one and twelve in the league. And then the big one against Wake Forest to finish big in the sense of it's the anniversary of the of the national championship team. And think of the conversations that's gonna spur if Syracuse is fighting for its collective life there, if they're fighting for a winning record. If like it's already not up to standard, but you know, think of the yeah butts and the conversations we're gonna be having there. It might not be the best thing to be celebrating uh the high mark of Syracuse basketball when it's kind of in an interesting spot right now, but we'll save that conversation when we get closer. But that's what's left. Like we're we're heading down the home stretch here. There's only uh seven games left. Florida State up next, as we will discuss much more on tomorrow's show. We're gonna discuss more Syracuse basketball next, but to flip it over to Coach Jack. See how things are going on the women's side. Our weekly conversation with the Orange Head Coach is next. Stay right there.